I'm so excited that you're with us today as we begin this first series of the year. And this first year uh, series that we have today is entitled I Value. And we want to talk about the things, the things that we value as a church. And the first thing I want to tell you today, I want to say this without apology, is that number one, there are many things that we value. And there are certain values that we have that I believe they serve as guardrails. And they kind of uh, they give us a picture of what it is that we do, how we go about what we do, and where it is that we're going. And that's what these next five weeks are going to be about, talking about the things that we value, the things that we believe God's called us to do. And I just want to say this without apology. I want to say this very loud and clear. We at The Rock value the presence of God. We value the presence of God. We believe that God is present where he is welcomed. Scriptures teach us that where two or three are gathered in his name, that there he will be. They also teach us that he dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. Because we value the the presence of God with great priority, we think and strategize and plan. How are we going to go about service? What is it that we're going to do corporately and individually? What are we going to do as a church to welcome the presence of God? How many of y'all think that it's important to think that way? It's important. If we value something, we plan for it. If we value someone, we make room for that person. And when I say that we value the presence of God, I want to make it clear that I don't want to be the kind of preacher that just says, I sense the presence of God today. It's cliche to me. I don't want to just say that. I want to know that. Are you with me? I want to encounter the presence of God in my life. And I want you to know that the presence of God is not necessarily a feeling. There are times where we come into the house of God and we feel the presence of God and we want to say yes to that. We want to encounter the glory of God that way. But, you know, sometimes God is moving and he's here and we don't even, you know, we don't even sense anything, but we know that God is at work. There have been times where I've been praying for someone and really I've been filled with, you know, not doubt, but I've been kind of just like trying to get through the moment. You know, you ever pray for somebody just trying to get through the moment and people have been healed? God has spoken to people, and obviously God is there because I want you to know something. I'm not a healer. God is. So if God uses me to heal, if God uses you to heal, it's not because you're a healer. It's because God is the healer, and he delights to use you for his glory. Sometimes we sense that he's using us. Sometimes we don't even know that he's using us, but praise God, we want to say yes to the presence of the Lord. When I talk about the presence of God, I'm talking about the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus. We want Jesus to be welcomed here. We want him to feel free to move in this house. And again, I'm not talking about this, this facility that God's given us. We love the facility. We're thankful for it because it's a tool that God's given us. And we're looking to improve it, aren't we? we that, that's something that I think it's important. But the house of God is you and I. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we want to welcome Jesus to come into our house, to go right into our kitchens with the dirty dishes and right into that junk drawer that we have. It's just that one junk drawer, right? Just one. Some of us have junk garages, right? So glory, right? You know, it's like we all have that. But listen, I'm not talking about a physical house. I'm talking about your yourself, your heart. And I want you to know something. There are certain things in you that you cannot set in order. The only hope that you and I have is say yes to the Holy Spirit, yes to Jesus. Come into my house, come into my cupboards, come into my garage, come into my drunk, uh, my my uh, my uh, messed up junk drawer. God, I give you permission to visit every area. Right? 
So we want to say yes to the presence of God. And as a church, as a church, we want to be that vulnerable before God. Now we know that vulnerability means being uncomfortable sometimes. Nobody says oh, vulnerable and feels great. Because God is holy. And when we sense his holiness and we're vulnerable before him, we recognize, whoa, God, we're not worthy of being in your presence. But there's something beautiful when we come to him that way is that we get the revelation that he's not only holy, but he's also father. And when we encounter God in his holiness and we let him draw, us, uh, draw we let him draw us near to him as a father, we get the confidence we need to be sons and daughters. It's so valuable. So we desire this. We want the presence of Jesus to be here. And why do we want the presence of God to be here? Luke 4.18 on down, Jesus said, as he stood in the temple, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the, of the Lord's favor. And basically, why do we need the presence of God here? Because only God opens eyes. I don't open eyes. I can't do that. If anybody gets saved, it's because Jesus is here and bam, something happens. Their eyes are open to the reality of who he is. Only Jesus transforms lives. I don't transform lives. Being saved doesn't mean that I agree mentally, intellectually, with what the scripture says about Jesus. It's not in the set intellectually to who Jesus is. Being saved is having our eyes spiritually awakened to the fact that there is a God. To the fact that he has a son, that he died on the cross for us, being saved is repenting of our sins. And when we turn and receive and believe that, then God comes in, takes a heart of stone, and he puts a heart of flesh. That's a spiritual thing. You with me? Only Jesus transformed lives, and only he heals. So that's why it is so imperative that if we're going to be a church, that we welcome his presence. Do you agree with me? We need to welcome his presence. Now, how do we go about making room for the presence of God? How do we go about strategically as a church? We say that we value the presence of God, so how do we do it? Well, the first thing we do when we get together is we ask for his presence. We welcome his presence through worship. Through worship. We strategically plan worship to be what we do to say yes to all that God has for us. Through worship, we say to God, your presence is valuable to us. Your presence is so valuable that we want to begin our gatherings bombarding heaven with heartfelt, genuine, loud, connected worship, singing of praise to you. So when we say worship, we don't just mean music and songs. When we say worship, we mean together, listen to this, together engaging God, aware of who he is ascribing to him the glory that he deserves and giving him room to do whatever he wants to do. So when we get together, we plan this time. Laura, Pastor Laura gets ready with the worship team and they plan this time. They're not interested in you liking the genre necessarily. They're not interested in you liking the style necessarily. They're more interested in you being connected with God, right? 
And in that whole process, the whole idea is that we, even though we have different things that we're battling, we come together with a commitment that we're going to unite and worship in such a way that we're going to engage heaven. We're going to know who God is, give him the glory that he deserves, and give him room so that he can do what only he can do. That's what worship is about. That's why we worship for so long sometimes. Because when we don't sense that we're, God is being engaged, then we haven't done our job. Are you with me? There are certain things worth persevering for. The presence of God is worth persevering for. The thing is, is that so many of us quit in prayer. So, so many of us quit in worship before the breakthrough. And I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. I'm saying don't quit. Let's keep running after God. Let's, let's keep exercising so that we can go break through that spiritual wall and get to that place where we're connecting, engaging God for who he is and giving him the glory that he deserves and giving him the room that he wants to take in our lives. When I say worship, I mean that through the songs we sing and play and the meditation of our hearts and minds, we seek to reach a level of unity that God cannot ignore. But further than that, we want to reach a level of unity and worship to God that is so powerful before God that it actually captivates, it arrests the heart of God. So in other words, when we get together to worship, our idea is that we will be united. Whatever we're doing, worship and meditating in silence, united before God in such a way that God is captivated. That God says, Whew. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. But that doesn't mean that it's manifest glorious everywhere at the same time. I don't want to just live with the reality that God is everywhere at the same time. I want God's manifest presence to be up in this place. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? And so, that, so when we worship, the idea is we want to get united into this place where we've connected with God. God has been arrested by our worship, and he wants to move in this place. Not that God can be arrested, but more than God delights when we desire his heart like David was a man after the heart of God. You, you get what I'm saying? The Bible says this in Psalm 133, 1 through 3. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And what the psalm is talking about is what happens when people are together in unity. You know, we can be together here, but it doesn't mean that we're united. But when we get together and worship, we make a decision when we come through those doors. We're coming to give Jesus the glory that he deserves and to encounter him. Something powerful happens. When we get in that unity, the Bible says there's an anointing in the house of God. There's an anointing in, in our lives. So when you look at Aaron, what does all that mean? Aaron was a priest. And what did priests do? Priests would give a sacrifice of praise to God. They would honor God. They would lift the sacrifices to God. And we're called to give a sacrifice of praise to God. So God is there in the midst of our worship and praise. Secondly, priests would intercede. They stand in the gap. And I believe that there's an anointing in our prayer life when we come together in unity like nothing else. Third, it talks about an overflowing anointing that goes from the top of the head all the way to the bottom of the feet. And what, what that's, that's talking about a, a being drenched with God's presence and God's anointing and his very leading in everything that we do. Think about that. 
And the priest also represents forgiveness. Man, we want people to come in here from all kinds of backgrounds, feeling all kinds of way, but leaving here forgiven. Are you with me? Because that's the call of the church, to walk in forgiveness. Amen? And then it says it's like the dew of Hermon. And when you look at typography, what the commentaries would say is that the dew was so thick in the mountain that David was talking about that it would bring life. We're supposed to get this vision of a mountain that's so entrenched with dew that it brings all kinds of vegetation and fruit that brings the sustenance to anything, to everything that lives around it. God says because the scripture says because there God has commanded his blessing. In other words, man, when a church is united, when the people are united, they're so blessed that everything around them brings forth life. It brings forth life. You know why? Because God has commanded his blessing. It's not that God's going to send his blessing. It's not that God plans this. It's that God has already commanded it. Not even something that we have to ask for. As long as we seek to unite to give Jesus the glory he deserves, boom, it's there. Isn't that incredible? I want everything and everyone who's connected to the rock to be marked by the blessing of God. Three of us are excited about that. I'm going to repeat that. I want everything and everyone that the rock is connected to to be marked by the blessing of God. Amen. Amen. So we seek, we value the presence of God. And how do we go about seeking the presence of God? By We call for it and worship. Second, we call for it as we preach the word of God. When the word is preached from the pulpit, we want God to take notice that we're preaching his word. And we want your hearts, your hearts to be stirred to respond. The beautiful Laura just sensed the Holy Spirit just leading her to make an altar call in the middle of worship. You know, she didn't even know what I had planned, but she was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want her to take that freedom, right? She said, you know what? God's moving. If you feel God tugging at your heart, come to the altar. Yes. Amen. Why? Because if God's moving, if God's speaking, then people are going to be moved to respond. I believe that it's part of the prophetic anointing of God. Prophetic anointing of God is not just preaching good messages, but preaching messages that call us to do something, to respond to God. And so we speak that as the word, we pray that as the word is preached, God is speaking to us right where we are at, and we are so moved that we have to do something about what we're hearing. So that's why we always have an altar call. We draw near to it through responding to the altar. Jesus didn't just give good messages and teachings. Jesus called us to live according to what he preached. Everything he said could be summed up in two words. Follow me. Follow me. Everything Jesus called us to do. Take up your cross. Right? Every, turn the other cheek. Everything is follow me. Do as I do. So the preaching should be calling us to respond. Listen, I do not measure the worth of the messages that I preach by how well people respond to me or how well people receive me. There are a lot of people that could receive me and I could be preaching the wrong word. Bible says that there are going to be a lot of people who are looking for preachers that would satisfy their itching ears, that they would preach whatever they want to hear. I can be completely ineffective and be well received. I measure the worth of the messages that are preached by the fruit that it produces in this house. If the messages preached in this house is not bearing fruit where people are walking and being disciples, we failed God. Are you with me? 
A word from God. When God speaks His word, it always bears fruit. So we're praying, we're seeking God's presence by what? Preaching His Word, His Word that He has ordered for our lives, right? His Word that He has inspired for our lives. We preach it because His Word bears fruit. Amen? And it calls us to respond. Listen to Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and notice. The Bible says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Notice what God is saying. If my people respond, then I will do these things. The Word of God and the preaching of God's Word calls us to respond. And when we respond... He moves. The last thing that we do, so we welcome. How do we welcome? How do we strategically, what do we think about in regards to welcoming the presence of God corporately? Number one, we take time to think about worship. How are we going to do worship to get united, to press, bombard heaven for his glory? Second, we preach his word and we ask for his presence to be manifest. And third, this is the last thing, and, and then we'll close with this today. We commission you. We commission you to go with the glory of God. We commission you to take it with you. To take what? The presence of God with you. What a waste it would be for God to move in your life, to give you new revelation, and for it to stay here on Sunday and have absolutely no application on Monday. Are you with me? What a waste it would be to just have good services and a bad life. Oh, let me rephrase that. That was too tough. Good services and the lack of God's presence in our everyday life. Are you with me? I'm telling you, man, I'm hoping that when God moves in our lives here on Sunday, that we get so excited about God that we're like the Samaritan woman. We're going to go into our towns and we're telling everybody about it. We're going to our workplace and we're telling everybody about it. We're going into our home and we're taking the authority that God has given us. Our desire is that the presence of God would be here, that we would experience it together, that you would take it with you, that you would welcome the presence of God in your home, that you would say yes to it in every facet of your life, and that you would welcome more of it and more of it, so that from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, you're going from glory to glory, and then you come the next Sunday more filled with the glory of God, because if you're not preoccupied with the presence of God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, why will God's presence be here on the next Sunday? Are you with me? God wants to do something new this year. And I've heard as I've, as I prayed this morning here for the church, the Lord just really speaking to my heart as best as I know how to hear him saying to me, my people, I'm calling them to depend on my word. Depend on my word. It will be the only thing that will sustain this year. It's the only thing that will bring life this year. I want to challenge you today to be about welcoming his presence. Be about welcoming the Lord. And I want to commission you. What you hear here, what you hear in this house, take it where you live. Pray for your children. Pray for your house. Pray for your house. Anoint your home. Pray for your coworkers. I heard a pastor, Pastor Darren from Lighthouse, he used to turn banks around, um, meaning that banks would be in disarray. I'm sharing his testimony. Got to give him this. But he told me 
that he would, he would go into these banks and they would ask him to turn these banks around. And he said, you know what, the first thing I did, it's like, no, what is it? I take anointing oil and I start anointing these places. And they said, God, give us wisdom. I said, you anointed a bank? What? It's crazy stuff. <laughs> you did what? And several institutions he was able to bring life to because he just believed in the power of prayer in his workplace. Do you believe in the power of prayer in your home? Yes. Believe in the power of prayer in your own, with your own children? I remember when I got saved, and I knew that there was something dark in my house. I knew that there was a lot of darkness in my home because of the things that were practiced. And I went to my pastors, and I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to live in that home. And, uh, and my pastor said, you don't have to be afraid. Greater is he that lives in you than him that lives in the world. I want you to go in that house with some anointing oil, right? And Jesus said, I want you to pray for your door. I want you to pray for you. I want you to pray for your room. Whatever's happening in your house, it's your mama's house. But in your room, that's your room. You take authority. It's like, that's right. Take authority. What? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. And it's funny, but I was kind of talking like that in my prayer life because I didn't know any better. You know, it's like, what? What? That's right. This is my room. You think I'm kidding? Some of y'all need to get an attitude about your spiritual life and say no more. No more. This is my house. These are my kids. This is my marriage. This is my wife. No more. Take the presence of God with you. Take the presence of God with you. Don't just let things go from Sunday to Sunday. Take the presence of God with you. Be the warrior God called you to be. I commission you. Would you stand with me today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, raise your hand. You're saying, I want to welcome the presence of God in my life. I don't want to quit before my breakthrough. I want to welcome the presence of God in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you. We bless you, God. Oh, we want to commit to your presence. We want to wake up in the morning and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we don't want to turn away from your word when you preach it. We don't want to just hear it. We want to respond. Even Herod would listen to John the Baptist preach, but his heart was never changed. We don't want that to be us. Oh, we want to bear fruit as we hear your word, oh God. We want to respond to your word. God, we want this year to be marked by a great Sunday followed by an awesome Monday, by an even greater Tuesday a magnificent Wednesday and so forth. And we want to come into the house of God ready to encounter you. Lord, if anything is known of the rock this year, let it be known this house welcomes your presence. This house welcomes your presence. We thank you. Lord, today I want to pray for every household. Oh God, Holy Spirit, stir our hearts. We welcome you. We welcome you in our home. If that's you, you say you want to welcome God in your home, the tangible presence of God in your home. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? Yes. We welcome your presence in our schools, God, in our dorms, Lord. 
in our apartments, Lord God, in our workplace, we welcome you. Where we're at, you follow us. Hallelujah. You know, you realize maybe here, even as we're praying, that you're saying, you know what, Pastor, there's areas in my life where I quench the Holy Spirit. I didn't welcome the presence of God, but today I commit to welcoming His presence in my life. That's you. Would you come to the altar right now? Would you come to the altar right now? Welcome the presence of God. The altars are open. And you recognize that there's been a season in your life where you've quenched, you've grieved the Holy Spirit, and you, you repent of that today. You're saying, Holy Spirit, take over in my life. Would you come to the altar right now? Just be, just stay before His presence. Don't wait for someone to pray for you. you. You go before the Father. He loves you. Let the Father speak to you and move in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, there's been a six I want you to listen to this now you say there's been a six cycle I go from Sunday to Sunday but there is really no no move of God throughout my week and I realize it's because I'm not mindful to welcome his presence throughout my week I'm not mindful and and, and I want to make a commitment today not only to hear Mon- Sunday but I want to practice Monday not only to hear Sunday the Word of God, but to practice that Word of God and to be in the Word of God. That's you today. You're saying, I need to commit to that today. Would you come to the altar right now? Would you come to the altar before God right now? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now, at this, at this time, if the altar workers will come up, we'll pray for those who are here at the altar. Let me pray for those of you who are here on the seats. You're welcome to stay and worship with us. You're welcome to greet each other, but let me pray with you before we do that. Lord, I bless your people. Let their lives be marked by your presence. Let your lives be marked by your presence. Lord, let their Mondays be filled with your glory. I bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can worship with us, greet each other. Thank you for being with us. We'll be praying at the altar.